What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another Villanova special edition episode of the Did You Hear podcast. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And, Pat, we have an excellent win over a good but struggling this season Butler Bulldogs team. At home, first home game of the season, Villanova comes out with the 85-66 to pretty dominant win over LeVar Jordan's team. Six and one now on the season, so a an impressive start for the Wildcats. Like you said, crazy enough, first home game of the year, um, coming all the way here in mid December. Six hundredth win for Jay Wright, another talking point. Yeah, as that was well big. for him, who is now sitting at four hundred and seventy eight wins with Villanova, six hundred overall. If you come come with the uh, the Hofstra wins as well, and it, a game that was always going to be difficult for Butler being that, A, this was their conference opener, B, it was against Villanova on the road, and C, they haven't played since Thanksgiving. So, tough, really tough circumstances for Butler, but they came out, played really well, at least at the start of the first half, but what an impressive game for Villanova. They looked phenomenal at, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the first half. Like you said, I, they scored 13 points in the first five minutes of the game. Their three-point three shooting looked good. The biggest question for me was how they were going to be able to adjust to playing together for the first time in weeks, how they were going to adjust their bodies to the the full 40 minutes of basketball that they needed to play. Foul, foul trouble was a huge thing, and I think that's just lack of experience on the court, for lack of a better word, truly. The other thing, the D that you said uh, in terms of their problems, they don't have Kamar Baldwin this year. That's so it. that immediately yep. puts them back. I think all Villanova fans are still scarred from – Kamar Baldwin's game winner last that is season. Still, still one of the best step back lefty jumpers I've ever seen. It, 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 if you weren't a Villanova fan, it was beautiful. It's just yeah, wow. It, he he was such an impact player for them. He led their offense. They just don't have that type of player this year. No, he was he was considered one of the best closers in basketball for in sure. college basketball. And now, unfortunately, Aaron Thompson, who is one of the best defenders in the Big East, has also had to shoulder that offensive role, and it's just not clicking for Butler. Again, the, the Jair Bolden at the beginning of the game was excellent. Couldn't miss. Couldn't miss. Four for seven from three. He was probably perfect in those first five minutes or so. He ended with 18 points. He's the transfer from South Carolina. But generally, it's just a young team who's still learning how to play together in only their second game of the season. No, it, it truly is. And the thing with Bolden was that he had 13 of Butler's 17 to start the game, and then he only finished with 18, so definitely cooled off for the rest of the game. And that's going to be an issue for Butler because, as you were talking about, Aaron Thompson, great defender, fantastic passer, is definitely not someone that you want as your one of your leading scorers. It's just not his game. It's, it's nothing against him. He's a good player. Um, so they weren't really able to get too much uh, scoring around that with Chuck Harris, Bryce Enzi, and, and the freshman in Coles. But for for me, the, the main focus on this game really is Villanova and how good they looked, especially offensively. And I know we were talking before we went live. The, the biggest number for me from this game, obviously 85 points, they had six turnovers. I mean, when Nova's turning the ball over just six times, good luck keeping up with them. Uh, Pat and I also just said I, we felt like the announcers were giving them the Villanova offense kind of a hard time for starting off slow at the beginning of the season and always working to adjust and work well together. I was not concerned at all about how Villanova's offense worked. I just wanted to say one last thing about Butler. If you're looking at the box score, 
They shot nearly 49% from the floor, 47% from three, only 62% from the line, which is semi-concerning. But those numbers look good. Again, just like you said, Pat, this is more about Villanova's game. And my biggest takeaway, the turnovers, how much better they looked on defense. They had this, Butler had the same start as Georgetown, basically. But Villanova's defense was able to hold on and their offense was able to catch up faster. But it's death by a thousand cuts for this Villanova team against every single opponent they play. They wear you down after 40 minutes of consistent basketball. They force opposing teams to take bad shots, to make bad passes, and it just turns into bad possession after bad possession that the Villanova offense is able to capitalize on, and they just expose either the young teams, the inexperienced teams, the tired teams. Unfortunately, that was all three of those apply to Butler in this scheme, but the fact that four of the five starters were in double digits, every starter had two assists, the ball was spread really well, and just like I said, the paint game, the inside game came along, and it just makes them more of a balanced offense. It, it definitely does, and so Villanova's offense now up to fourth in the country in offensive efficiency, and something I want to point out as well that I thought was impressive was Nova got to the line 22 times last night and made 17 of them and free throw shooting a getting to the line and b making those free throws has been a little bit of a struggle this season for for nova and you know they they came through last night and it's it's really important to get to the line that many times and give yourself that opportunity uh, as you said the starters starters crushed it four out of five in double figures as you said caleb daniels the only one not to get in double figures finished with eight points and he just kind of spread his statistics around i mean four assists three rebounds even had a block so it, it, it's not like anyone you look at had a, had a poor game last night. L- last night was Villanova when that offense is firing. The defense played well enough. Uh, 66 points is, is for Butler is, is honestly going to win a, a decent amount of games this year. Just when Nova's hitting, you know, 10 threes and sh- shooting 50% from the field, it, it's just tough to keep up with. And that's, that's kind of the theme that I'll keep going back to. I completely agree. And another thing that we should probably mention is that Aaron Thompson did go down with about four or five minutes left in that game. So that's, I mean, an even scarier injury for them. They're already without Bryce Golden and Scooby Johnson, two starters from last year that they thought would be a big, would have a big, big impact on this team. I expected more from Bryce Enzi as well. Not the shooter, Again, that Kamar Baldwin was not even close. He ran into foul trouble. I think that was a big thing for them. But I think it's, it's of course, more about Villanova. And I wanted to give credit to Jermaine Samuels because we spent a lot of time last game, I don't even think it was a week ago, talking about how he needs to cut down on the shooting and drive. And that's exactly what he did. How many times did you see him execute a beautiful shot fake and drive to the basket? He's so physical with the ball now and that's exactly what their game plan was they also had some really good cuts high and low so they were making things happen all over their side of the court and it just makes them so much more of a threat so that when the three isn't falling they have other options and I'm still so happy with how the bench depth is coming along too which is something Butler also doesn't have yeah, I think you you nailed it on Samuels. This was like the quintessential what I think Samuels game should 
looked like he took the least amount of field goals out of all of the starters. He still ended with 12 points. He led the team in rebounding with six. He pitched in two assists. The other thing with Samuel is that it doesn't show up in the box score, but it's how you watch it. He's big on the hockey assists. Like he He's the second passer for a lot of these finishing moves, and that's really important. Um, and then, as you said, the bench was going to be my next point anyway. Jay said after the Virginia Tech loss that he wasn't happy with his own rotation, that he just wasn't getting the bench guys involved enough. And since then, they've the three, Dixon, Swider, and Slater, have all played decent minutes. And you saw it again against Butler, 19 from Swider, 18 from Slater, 15 from Dixon. And they pitched in 16 points. That's really what you're looking for. I mean, the, the bench is playing well right now, and that that's really important for these guys so that Jay doesn't have to run them uh, run the starters for a ton of minutes every single game. I mean, Gillespie was at 33 minutes, obviously still a lot in a 40-minute game, but a lot of games he plays 37-38. I was just going to say, that's a significant drop from his usual 36-37-38, so it's just nice to take some of that pressure. It also turned into a little bit of a blowout as sure. the game went on, which was surprising because I felt like it was four or five points, and then it was seven or eight points, and then it was 11, and then it was... 15 so yeah, it, it definitely down seven at half yeah it definitely got more out of hand as Villanova got even better on offense but the thing I just keep thinking about is we're still waiting on Cosby Roundtree and Antoine to come back so when we have those two guys back too Eric Dixon's I'm not sure what the minutes he's averaging but it's it's about 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes a game I wasn't expecting that at all in his first year back from the red shirt and he's making an impact he's strong in the post and he plays good defense so every single thing that i'm th- i'm seeing developmentally wise from those bench players is really encouraging and it's just again taking the brunt off of the five starters so that they can get a break when we go into some of the the really serious competitive big east games down the stretch that baby hook from Dixon that he made down in the post was just really impressive, especially for a freshman, like like you said there. I I, I think Dixon has a lot of room to grow, but he's already made a, a solid impact being able to come in, spell guys like Robinson, Earl, and Samuels, and be a, kind of a big presence down in the post, at least defensively, get that, get that body down there. So listen, he's making an impact, and, and that's important. I, I do want to just quickly spotlight... Uh, in my mind, player of the game here. Just we got to talk about him, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yep, this was what no you question. wanted. As we talked about, listen, if, if, to give credit because he just always slips through the cracks, even though he shouldn't. Gillespie played fantastic as well. I mean, so him and Robinson Earl both had 18 combining for 36. Uh, those are your senior, not your senior leaders. Those are your two best players. Um, and so when they're leading the way in scoring, that's kind of how this Villanova team is built. But for Robinson Earl, 8 of 12 from the field, good luck beating them when he's shooting like that. Two three-pointers, was strong in the paint. Huge thing for him is that zero turnovers and four assists. This was a huge game for JRE. That assist line is so important to me throughout the starters because it just shows how unselfish these guys are and how they're seeing other better shots unfold in front of them and they're giving it up. But... Uh, we knew that the mid, mid-range mid game was there last year. It emerged even more this year in the first few games of the season. And then last game, we talked about how we wanted him to become more of a presence in the post. But when he has the shots f- falling like that, he actually had a couple that were in and out too. So that, that 8 out of 12 easily could have been 10 out of 12 from the floor. But when that 3 comes along too, I don't know how anybody can guard him on the floor. 
if he can just as easily drive past you, if he can just as easily throw up a three, that's super dangerous for as big as he is. It's it's truly, it's amazing to watch how good of a player he's turning into. And Dana O'Neill in our, our special episode yesterday with the athletic writer, Dana, maybe we're being too too rash about his decision to leave maybe he'll stay around I, I mean, again he's going to capitalize on whatever comes his way but we definitely have to appreciate him for as long as he's here because as much as this is con gillespie's team jeremiah robinson earl is the guy everyone is talking about yeah surely he it just as we said a fantastic game i i i thought it was a great point from dana and and if you haven't given it a listen please go back and, and listen to that interview because i think you will enjoy it if you're a big east basketball fan she did an unbelievable job and as we've said it a trillion times but we'll say it a trillion and one like thank you so much to her for coming on and, and giving us the time um but i i know she mentioned that she thinks robinson Earl's not in a hurry to get out i agree with that but if he's putting in performances like this and say that continues into March, he's just he's gonna have to go. And that exactly. that was that was kind of to her point as well. She said, "Listen, you strike when the iron's hot." It's the same thing yeah. that happened with DiVincenzo. Kyle Lowry did it all those years ago. Like, it just it depends on how the waters are going. Yeah. Um. But it, it's at least nice to know that he's he the mind's not completely made up that he's gone, because as you saw, how good of a player he is right now. Everything that gets talked about about him is that mentality, that composure, and that maturity that he has, which is just so clear to see, and he's only a sophomore, so it would be great to see him grow through the years here at Villanova, but, I mean, just fantastic performance from him, and honestly, fantastic performance from the rest of the team. Yeah, I feel really good about our performance. I, I Even when Butler was as hot as they were at the beginning, I didn't feel as panicked as I did against Georgetown. I thought we stayed very composed. It was really nice being at home, and... Finally. Finally being at home, the the home jerseys were nice to see. Uh, I agree with you, Jerry, player of the game. I did want to give one specific play for Collins credit. We were up six at one point. A couple of possessions later, we're trying to stretch that lead, and this is where the momentum really shifted for me, and I knew Butler couldn't come back. Collins forced a turnover. He just beat the pass on defense and then was able to pass it up court. And Caleb Daniels hit the three. So it's just, it's plays like that where we saw it in a game earlier this season when Colin isn't on the floor, we are just not as good of a team as we are with him. It doesn't matter. Again, he, he, he scored 18 points, so he is lighting up the box score. But he, we're talking about JRE and we're talking about Samuels. Colin Gillespie is essential to this team. And his energy on defense is also something that I think is extremely overrated. Dana said the same thing. He's somebody that you just expect to be around at this point because he's been there for so long and he's developed into this quintessential Villanova basketball play, player. Excuse me, But we also can't underrate how good he is and how much his impact on the floor really means to this team. He's the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, it's it's that simple. As you said, for it's so weird because it is so easy to overlook him and and not focus on him, but he's the leader. He's the guy that makes everything go. As you said, as Dana wrote a fantastic article on The Athletic on, like they they just they don't play as well when he's not on the floor. It is that simple, both on offense and on defense. And I thought that hustle play, I know exactly the play you're referring to, was so key because Daniels actually missed a layup. Butler was trying to get into transition and run their fast break. Gillespie just came up from behind, stripped it, and threw it to, um, to Daniels in the corner who drilled the three. And that, it just, that play kind of sums up Colin Gillespie. He gives everything to the program. 
he's the leader. He he finished with tied with Robinson Earl, uh, eighteen points, and just a, another strong win for Villanova. And you you have to be happy about the direction that this this program is heading in. I know we were supposed to have a big game against Virginia on Saturday night. That game has since been canceled. They're working on scheduling a game for Saturday. I will be surprised if they can get a game in on Saturday. So it looks like next up will be Wednesday night, December 23rd against Marquette. The confidence that we went back to Daniels on that play too after missing the layup and then he was able to nail the three. I thought that was that was important too. But yeah, frankly, it sucks that the, the Virginia game was canceled. The non-conference competition just hasn't been able to work because of COVID. But I'm, I'm happy with where the Big East is, and I think all these games, like we said, no matter how far this game got out of hand for the Bulldogs, it still felt close. And we're going to have those games against Providence and Marquette and Creighton, especially where I think they're all going to be really competitive. And hopefully all these programs can just keep everything under control, control what they can control. Hopefully DePaul starts playing, for goodness sake. I hope so. But it, do, it does really stink. The Virginia game, I mean... I still say the Virginia game that we had two years ago, our sophomore year, was the best game that I ever went to as a fan when Dante DiVincenzo, uh, yeah, Josh Hart threw it, shot it, and Dante DiVincenzo tipped it in. Yep. And that was one of the one of the best Villanova games we had when we were there. So it stinks that we won't have that, but it just it will make the tournament more fun too, seeing these teams for the first time. <laughs> No, it will. And luckily for Villanova, they do have those two strong non-conference wins over Arizona State and then at Texas. True. So they are at least going to be fine in that perspective. Of course, it hurts that a potential game against uh, number two Baylor was was taken off the schedule when Baylor pulled out of the Empire Classic. Um, of course, we lost the Virginia game now as well. So yeah, so there are definitely some blows to the non-conference schedule. But as we kind of talked about with Dana too, like everything is so fluid and changing so rapidly that I, I I can't see it hurting Villanova too much. No, I don't. I don't see it hurting at all. It it's, stinks from a, a fan perspective to not sure. see them play. But also, I'm look at Butler. We could be in our second game of the season, so I don't think we can even be complaining about how many games that we've been able to play. And we looked, we look good, and we have all of our players, and we're six and one, and we're two and zero in the conference. So I feel pretty good about where we are. I feel like the offense is clicking. Butler, I think Levar Jordan is a very good coach, and he he's going to have a good team in the future. Kamal Baldwin automatically puts them back in a regression year, but this is about Villanova. And how when we can get things going on offense, we look like we look like a top five, top ten team. I'm I'm so confident saying that. And now we're number three in offensive offense offensive efficiency in Kempom. Yeah, no, it was it's another strong building block performance getting into conference play, and they'll we'll see if they can keep moving forward with it uh, with Marquette and I believe St. John's scheduled for the final two games of December here. But yeah, and the Big East released their full schedule, so that's that's very encouraging too. Yes. Yes, so that is good that the rest of the schedule did get released through March. So yeah. good good to see that. But all right, that'll do it, right? Yeah. I'm good. Make sure as you're listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh leave us a rating, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And thanks for listening to two consecutive days of us. That's a lot of hearing our voices. It, it really is. At least you got Dana in yesterday to be able to listen to her as well. But otherwise, yeah, two straight days of us. And same thing next week if that Marquette game holds up next Wednesday. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.